0: I love listening to you sing. I especially love listening to you sing, And Can It Be. It is my favorite hymn. Uh, I love that hymn because I remember what it was like to be an unbeliever sitting in a church. And when I sing that song, I just remember how the Lord broke open my eyes on that day to behold the wondrous mystery of the cross. I love that song. Uh, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, Richie, thanks for insulting me from my pulpit, Uh, but also, uh, church, I just want to say one of the ways that we can really support the Tiptons is actually by supporting Richie. Uh, If there's any way that you're able to do that, by prayer, if there are extra means that you have to be able to contribute and to give to her, even if it's a one-time gift. She did not ask me to say this, but I'm saying this to you. One of the great gifts that we can give to them is extra people on the field with them. So if there is some means by which you can support her or people you can connect her to, that would be a great blessing so that she could get there faster. I believe that you told me you're about halfway for support. You would like to be there next year, but you're not sure uh, if that will happen. So. However long that uh, time takes is how long she'll be here. Uh, I've already tried to convince her to move to Westchester, so we'll pray for a shorter time. But, you know, a long time wouldn't be bad, especially if she came. Uh, But if she doesn't, we're going to pray for her. So pray for the sister, and if you can serve her in some way, please find her after. And then I want to speak to these men real quick and say what they're going to do after. Uh, you might not know, Huck is actually a student now at Westminster Theological Seminary. He'll be, uh, Lord willing, earning a degree in counseling. He wants to, to serve members of our church, but just the church broadly, that the Lord would continue to use that level of skill and gift in gifting his life. One of the things that the Lord did uh, throughout his internship is cultivate that need uh, for it in his life and realize that he could hopefully steward that for the sake of the church uh, following earning a degree. Nate is going to say a member of our church, and he's going to continue serving, but he's going to be serving and working uh, back in a context a lot like where he was before he became an intern, and the Lord used that to just help him to to be a godly man in the context of a vocation where he's uh, seeking to serve the Lord at his church regularly and continuing to be faithful and a faithful witness there. And then Max Moell is rolling on and has rolled on as one of our pastoral assistants uh, so it's a blessing to have had these men serve but I just want to make sure that you know uh, how they're serving as well uh, I believe that Eugene is here uh, I want to be thankful for our past interns Eugene and Dan Mason uh, we've had the, the privilege to, to have them to, to be here is Mark here Brooke? he's downstairs, he's downstairs so they're, they're still serving uh, all the time uh, but just grateful for God's work of grace uh, to, to raise people up You know, we, we have Isaac serving as a pastoral assistant now as well so we're thankful for how the Lord is raising people up uh, if you have your Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to First Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. As you're turning there, uh, I want you to also keep your finger uh, if you have uh, your Bible open in 1 Timothy 3. Be the right kind of man in the wrong kind of world. That was the refrain spoken to and over and by the interns of this last year. One of the things that we wanted to instill with that phrase and to remind them with that phrase is that being a godly person matters more than godly productivity. Brothers, your contribution to the church is not and has never been your output. But you will be tempted to believe that it is your output. You will be tempted to believe that it is what you produce because that is more concrete and more tangible than incremental growth in godliness or a dependence on God in prayer or meditation upon what you've heard preached in the morning service or read in your devotional times or continue to discuss with other fellow brothers and sisters throughout the week or ordinary obedience over a long period of time. All of those things will continue to feel intangible But what matters most is that you are godly men, living godly lives. And you would be wrong to think that you are your output. Remember, you are not the Christ. Paul, writing to a young pastor, Timothy, said this in 1 Timothy chapter 3. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Not once does Paul make any mention of a CV. Not once does Paul make any mention of being creative in gospel ministry. Rather, the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy homes in on being the right kind of man, the right kind of person, in the wrong kind of world. So, Nate and Huck and Maxwell, let me exhort you one final time, brothers. Be men of character. Be men of prayer. Be men of Christian integrity. Be men who leverage the ordinary tasks that are entrusted to you in the church and outside of the church for the unsearchable riches of Christ. Whether you're picking someone up to bring them to church or meeting with somebody to open God's word with them. Or whether you're standing in this pulpit to preside or to preach and teach or whether you're serving downstairs and guiding children toward the gospel of Christ or standing at a door to welcome somebody with a program, may those be moments where you are men who laugh and pray and serve and play, who give and go, who come and model listening, who teach and are taught, who forgive because you have been greatly forgiven by the Savior. The world... The church needs such men, men who are the right kind of men in the wrong kind of world. No, brothers, that living that type of life will never be wasted, even if it seems to go unnoticed, that it will be leaving an example to all who are in your wake so that should the Lord tarry and give life as long as his church is here, it will endure Because he is raising up men like that for his church. So strive to be those men. Put sin to death. Put on godliness. Be present. Be faithful. Be active. Be quick to participate. Be quick to lean in. Those are the type of men that we have prayed that you would be. Those are the type of men that I've seen you become. And those are the type of men that this church will still desperately need. Be the right kind of men in the wrong kind of world. And now, Isaac and Daniel and Ross, let me exhort you, brothers, to strive to excel in building up the church, particularly as new interns who are all from out of state. Now we're going to turn to our text this evening. If you have your Bible, look with me in First Peter chapter 5. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Brothers, Ross, Daniel, Isaac, over the next year, you must also become and be the right kind of men in the wrong kind of world. Everything that I just said to this outgoing class is true for you. It is better to be men of integrity than to men of, be men of great output. It is better to be men who are godly than to be men who are efficient and productive. It is better to maintain your Christian witness than maintain a great Christian reputation. This is especially true for you as you strive to excel in building up a church as new members of a church that you have never participated in among people that you do not know very well. Do not let your youth... Or your newness hinder you in this task as you strive to excel in building up the church. And let the words of the Apostle Paul guide you in this task this year. Just three simple observations as we meditate on this verse tonight. And model for the congregation what they are to look for as they are helping us raise you up. First, verse 3. Be examples to the flock. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Be here early. Be here on time. Be here ready to listen and to participate. Show hospitality with whatever has been given to you and that you have. Disciple and be discipled. Pray, give, serve, study. Participate in the life of the church. Find out who has needs and go to them. And whenever you feel inadequate, know that you are. And look in those moments to the example that should motivate you. If you have your Bible, look with me in chapter 2, of 1 Peter. Peter, mercifully, as he's charging these elders and as I'm charging these men, does not say be an example by working harder and pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Rather, Earlier in the letter, he points us to Christ in chapter 2, verse 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Brothers, let the example of Christ motivate you in your service and in your internship. Look to Christ in the scriptures and see how he served and gave and poured himself out for others. Look to Christ in the example and the way that he lived and allow that to be what guides you in this year when you will be up later than you ever intended to be and wake up earlier than you ever wanted, when you'll serve more than you feel like you have time to give, when you will read more than you ever thought that you would, when you will be here when you don't want to be because you're tired, when you'd rather be doing something else. In all of those moments, let the example of Christ who did all of these types of things and more with joy and gladness for the benefit of those who did not love him and whom he did not know and did not know him? Be examples to the flock. Be here. Be present. Immerse yourself in the church. Notice second, be subject to the elders. Verse five. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, be subject to their teaching. Be subject to their guidance. Be subject to their counsel. Model the benefit of being under good authority. We live in a world that pushes against authority, that hates authority, that does not like anyone having authority, but model for the congregation what it is like to sit under good authority and to benefit from that example. Thank them for their service. Go and find them and be glad for the way that they serve you and are modeling for you how to serve other people. All as they do this under the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. Friends, you will learn that it is always much easier for someone to think about being a pastor than it is for them to actually pastor. It is always much easier to think of ourselves as a great preacher than actually preach a helpful sermon. It is always much easier for us to think that we would know what to do when it was our time to make the decision. So in those moments, model an example by being subject to the elders that God has entrusted to you for this year, even as you come into the life of this church. And third, be humble toward one another. Look with me again in verse 5. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Peter goes much farther than simply saying, be humble. You should be humble. We should all be humble people. But Peter uses this imagery where he tells us to clothe ourselves with humility. Let it cover you. Let it define you. Let it identify you. Let it distinguish you. Friends, it will take humility for you to immerse yourself in the life of a church among people that you do not know very well. It will take humility for you to study hard and to study faithfully and to write well and to write for the good of the church. It will take humility for you to serve when you're tired. It will take humility for you to leverage your life for others. It will take humility for you to be corrected. And it will take humility for you to give godly correction to one another and perhaps other members of this church while you're here. It will take humility in all of those moments. Brothers, Be men who are humble and model what it is like to let humility distinguish you. Once again, the Apostle Peter says nothing here about competency or capacity, about giftedness or portfolio. The Apostle Peter here, as he's exhorting these uh, these elders, would tell them that they are to be examples, that they are to be those who are subject to other elders, that they are to be those who are humble themselves. So again, when you feel inadequate, know that you are and look to the life of our loving Savior who humbled himself even to the point of death, death on a cross so that people who did not know him might believe in him. So that people who had heard of him and rejected him might be born again by the Spirit of God. So that men and women in this church would be fellow members of this church, that God is creating something much more beautiful than our own personal resume and know that those are the type of people that the Apostle James tells us that God will exalt exalt and not oppose. Notice how Peter says it in contrast to James. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Or James would say in his fourth chapter, that God would exalt those who are humbled. Brothers, be not those who are prideful and are above correction and teachability and service and certain tasks. Be those who humble themselves and know that those are the people that God exalts. Church, this is a different exhortation, but let me say to all of you now with these men, modern ministry for many people has become a resume... uh, resembling climbing a corporate ladder, and it really is a travesty because it reveals just how far we have fallen from the way that Jesus calls servants to live in the world. Jesus loves his church. He loves every sheep in his church. He loves his church. He knows them all by name, and he sends To them, those who would serve them faithfully, which is why it is such a travesty and a mockery and a sham and brings such great disrepute when there are those who are unfaithful. So as you help us this next year, help these men be the right kind of men in the wrong kind of world. Help them excel in building up the church and hear that exhortation for you as well. To be the right kind of member in the wrong kind of world to strive with us to excel in building up the church, that the gospel of Jesus Christ might be magnified, that Christ might be proclaimed and extended, so that people who have not yet trusted in Jesus Christ might trust in Jesus Christ and be born again. And friend, perhaps that's you tonight. You're here at a commissioning service because you want to support one of these people on the front row. I want to say, as the pastor of this church, it is a privilege to have you here. I am so glad that you've come, and I'm grateful that your social obligation brought you to church tonight. Let me invite you to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus humbled himself by coming into this world and taking on flesh and living a life that you could never live and substituting himself on the cross for all of the sins that you've committed, even if you don't believe that you've committed them and dying a terrible and horrible death, and raising three days later, that if you would turn away from those sins and trust in Him, believe in Him completely as the Savior of the world, you would be born again, the Bible says, or forgiven of your sins. Friends, that can happen for you tonight at a graduation and commencement service. And the wonderful, profound truth of Scripture is that it is incredibly simple. If, the, if you will just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You too can be saved. If you would confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. Not some of your sins. Or the ones that you find to be particularly heinous or unhelpful. But all of your sins. And to bring you into fellowship with God. Friend, if you're here. And that's not true of you. We are so glad that you've come. I would love to speak with you following this service. And the members of this church would love to speak with you. But there are six men right here that would love to speak with you, and we're training them to do that. They're down front. They would love to open the Bible and to speak with you. Friend, come and ask any of them how you, too, can know the Savior. Finally, to you six, it is a privilege to serve as your pastor. Huck, Nate, and Maxwell, I am so proud of you. Isaac, Daniel, and Ross, it is a wonderful privilege to have you here. You are an answer to prayer. We have prayed for you to be here, and we are glad that you have come. And we look forward to laboring with you to strive to excel in building up the church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this church. As I see men and women in front of me and have heard some of them serve and pray and play and minister to us tonight, It is a wonderful privilege and blessing to see you answer prayers. You are a God who has been faithful to hear the prayers of this church and the people here. You have sent us people. You have raised them up. You have sent some out. You are helping us send out others. Father, we ask that we would continue to remember all of these answers to prayer, particularly when we feel that you have forgotten us or forsaken us. Father, I pray for these men in front of me right now in particular. I pray for Huck and Nate and Maxwell. Lord, may they remember what they shared earlier, all of the great kindnesses that they experienced this last year. With the opportunity to be here comes the responsibility now to steward it for the church. And, Father, for Isaac and Daniel and Ross, I pray, Father, that they would know and begin to tangibly feel that they are an answer to prayer. And, Father, we ask that you would allow this church to embrace them as her own. And, Lord, that a year from now, when they are standing here similarly, that they would declare the excellencies of the God who has called them out of darkness into light and given them the privilege to be members of this church for this season. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us?